Did you know that there are only seven days until the Vikings first training camp practice? It's time to get really excited about your 2023 Minnesota Vikings. And we're going to continue that excitement by talking about this edge rusher group. It's very interesting. There's top end talent. There's good depth. And the future is a complete mystery. Welcome to the Real Forno Show. Welcome to the Real Forno Show. Hosted by Tyler Fornis, the managing editor of USA Today's Vikings Wire. Writer for the College Football Network. Publisher of Substack Run in Shooter. Host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, as well as a founding member of Vikings First and Skull. Boom! Hope you bought your Powerball tickets like Davey and I did. It's going to be a fun night here tonight on The Real Forno Show. I'm your host, Tyler Fornis, and with me, as always, in the top right corner, producer Dave. I apologize if you can hear some weather in the background. We just started getting a thunderstorm here in Delano. Um, and we'll see how long it lasts. All I know is my grass looks like absolute garbage. So I could definitely use the rain. I was watering pretty much all day to try and just help revitalize it at least a little bit. No, we just had our first little, and I'm not going to call it a power surge, but it was definitely a flash there. Dave, how are you? I'm doing good. I wish I had some of that rain down here. We could use it. We're drier than a popcorn fart in church. Well, at least it's dry and and not wet because a wet fart is not a good thing to have. Uh, (laughs) As we're talking about bowel movements, um, welcome. It's been a very busy week here in the Fornis household, as most of you know. Um, We adopted a Claire on Monday, and it's been a fun, fun time. She's wonderful, and she is really also really excited about he- this edge group because she has not experienced Vikings football in the same way Odie has in the past year. <laughs> so we're going to have a lot of discussions, and Dave, we have to start here. I think the biggest key to this edge room is Daniil Hunter. I don't think anybody's going to say anything otherwise. He is the most important player on this edge group. But Marcus Davenport's a very talented pass rusher in his own right. And the upside for him is tremendous. He was never able to fully put it together with New Orleans for a lot of reasons. Some of them injury, some of them circumstance, and just how he was utilized wasn't necessarily always optimal. He can really fit in the Zadarius Smith role as a better athlete, as a better bender around the edge. And he still has the power. He can put his hand in the dirt. He can do everything with him. So it's, that's very interesting. But Norcephus, <laughs> I was sweating like a hoe in church doing drywall. Wow. That I, I'm not look that got me. That was, that was funny. Um, but the thing with Hunter is his contract. We have no reason to believe that he won't show up for training camp, except for the fact that he didn't show up for mandatory mini camp. He wants a new contract. He does not want to play for only $5.5 million in cash flow this year. It's important to note that when a player's on the latter end of his contract, his total cash flow in is significantly less than his average annual value due to bonuses and that kind of thing. His average annual value when he signed this deal is $14.2 million. It only being $5.5 million is uh, two factors. One, he signed a very poor deal. 
too. They moved a lot of money up to compensate him for what he had already done. And At his request. Yeah. They moved the money up. They did not give him more money. And I think that is an important distinction here when we're having this conversation about Daniel Hunter. They did not give him more money. They just gave it to him sooner. The And Daniel Hunter is probably thinking, okay, well, if I got the money sooner, then in theory, I'm going to get more money on this last year of the deal because we'll sign an extension. Well, that extension hasn't happened yet. Will it happen? Oh, we all hope so. He's 28 years old. He's in the prime of his career. He bounced back from those two unfortunate injury plague seasons. Played really damn well. Top 15 in pressures in the league. I think he finished 11th. I'd have to double check that math. 10 and a half sacks. And he impacted the game more than most people want to admit. They just like, oh, he disappeared. Pass rushing is about impacting the quarterback. Sacks are the optimal outcome. Getting pressure and impacting and affecting throws is what's most important. Um, Mateo is an interesting point uh, that we're going to address here in a little bit about Marcus Davenport, because that, I think that's a very good talking point today. Please save that. Hunter deserves a new contract. He deserves to be paid like a star. So miles Garrett right now is an average annual value of $25 million. The last year of his deal in theory, that cash flow should be around. I don't know, like 18 million, 19 million. Less than that total average annual value, but still a significant amount. Hunter's in that unique case because they moved money forward. How is that all going to equate? How is that all going to boil down? I don't know. That's going to be interesting as far as how they continue to grow this, how they figure out what they want their future to be with Hunter. And Quasido Fomenza and his approach to extensions. We don't know. We have no precedent. He signed two contracts longer than two years. Rookie contracts don't count. Those are structured. You can't basically do anything different with them. It's going to be X years for a small window of X amount of dollars. That's it. You can argue offset language. You can offer how you want the money to be paid. How much of that is guaranteed in some cases. At the end of the day, you can't really wiggle those. So, we don't know how he's going to handle these extensions. Hunter is going on his third contract, not his second, his third. That also plays a difference because you sign him to a five-year extension right now. He's going to be done with that at age 34. He could be cooked. He now, could be, but a lot of good interesters last that long. They absolutely do, Dave, but you have to think in a, I'm not going to say a pessimistic way, but you have to think realistic. Is he going to be worth what you're going to be paying him at age 34? And that answer is probably not. So you have to think that way in how you're going to structure and how much you're going to give this guy. So maybe you yeah, only do a three-year You're deal. gambling whether he's going to be a Von Miller or not at the age of 34. Yeah. And the way he rushes the passer and how he wins with power and technique and not uh, with explosiveness off the ball. That's going to help him. It's going to make things easier for him later on. And that's objectively a good thing. It could help the Vikings have a star pass rusher for longer. But Kwesi has shown no willingness, at least publicly, to want to give a longer than two-year extension to anyone. We'll see. 
I'm guessing that's going to change with the likes of Jefferson and Derisaw. We just don't know. And it's something to be mindful of here. I'm really excited to see how this takes up. The player is great. He's going to be impactful for Brian Flores. Flores is going to get him in positions to succeed. Ed Donatel was like, no, you're running my system. You're going to do this. Flores is going to be like, okay, I have these balls of clay. And I'm going to put them in positions to be at their best. That is what it really intrigues me. Zimmer put him in positions to succeed. Donatel didn't. Flores will. And it's going to be very interesting. Um, Charlie has an interesting comment. Mm-hmm. Daniel is a good head rusher, but the league is full of them. Something like 50, 60 head rushers had seven or more sacks last year. That's with Davenport not even being one of them. So sacks are great. And I'm never going to be like, oh, like this guy had sacks like it's bad. Like you want sacks, obviously. Pressures mean more than sacks. Pressures can lead to turnovers. Pressures can lead to getting the defense off the field, just like sacks. So if you get to the quarterback and you cause a pressure and that pressure turns into an interception by Harrison Smith, that's better than a sack. Mm-hmm. So pressures are a more tangible way in both my opinion and the opinion of the analytics community to look at how you quantify edge rushers. Daniel Hunter was, I believe, 11th in pressures last year. Zedaria Smith was fifth. That's pretty good. No. Daniel Hunter was eighth in pressures last year after spending the first half of the season learning that Ed Donatel don't do squat defense. Zedaria Smith was fifth in total pressures last year. Hunter, are you Hunter was eighth? Eighth. I've got the I've got it pulled up right now. PFF huh. premium stats. Edge rushers, total pressures. It was led by Micah Parsons, Nick Bosa, Hassan Riddick, Max Crosby, Zadarius Smith, Jalen Phillips, Josh Allen, the edge rusher, not the quarterbacker, quarterback. Then comes Daniel Hunter. Okay. Well, there we go. That's that's even more impressive because that that's and, and, that's a number you want. And that he had more pressure than Miles Garrett. Yes. Let's see. Where's Garrett on this list? I don't even see him. Garrett is about a couple down. No, he's a he, ten. He's a ten. Yeah. So, it, like, that's where pressures comes into play. Now, win percentage is also important. Fifteen point nine percent for Hunter. That is a tad low. You'd like it to be a little higher, but I think we can attribute some of that to uh, who was his defensive coordinator and not putting him in as many positions to succeed. What I find interesting is when I look at that win percentage is so basically how often are you turning your um, pass rushes into something? Mm-hmm. Marcus Davenport, 17.6% win rate. 34 pressures and 282 pass rush reps. So Zedaria Smith had 520 pass rush rush reps, 80% or sorry, 80 total pressures, 19.2%. So that's, that's relatively comparable as far as how often they're impacting the quarterback. Zedaria is slightly less than one in five and Davenport is slightly more than one in six. 
that those numbers are um are in, are interesting to look at. Charlie, I'm going to look that up right now because I've that, got it I, right here. Daniel's sacks are yeah, Daniel's pressures were 76 total last season. Mm-hmm. If you go down to the number 50th person, which there's a couple tied at 49, so we'll go to 51. The answer is 38. So, so basically what Marcus double. Davenport was last year with pressures. Because mm-hmm. Marcus so Davenport almost, at 34. So he's almost double of what the 50th player did. Mm-hmm. And like like you've said, like I've said ad nauseum, pressures it's, is what means the most because it moves the quarterback off the spot. It makes the quarterback uncomfortable, which mm-hmm. a lot of times generates more time for the secondary guys in coverage, and it flusters them. No quarterback likes throwing under pressure. Yes. And the more pressure you can apply, generally the worse they become. Mm-hmm. And then when you take a look at like win percentage, number one in the league was Bryce Huff. Only 173 pass rush reps. He had 36 pressures. Astounding number. Miles Garrett was two, 73 pressures on 490 pass rush reps. Like you get into the 20s or you get close to the 20s, that's when you're talking about being a truly elite pass rusher, like year over year. Nick Bosa had 19.9%. Micah Parsons, 19.3%. Josh Uche, 19.2%. Like it's hard to get there super consistently. And I, I think when you take a look at Hunter, He's still, he's, if you don't consider him elite, he's borderline elite. And I think that's important. Now let's talk about Davenport because we've, we've kind of already been talking about him. And I want you to pull up that um, comment from Mateo earlier because I think that one is going to be really key as far as having these conversations, especially when you start talking about, um, Marcus Davenport. And he says the idea of paying guy 13.5 million was a first round bust who has been injury prone. But when uh, the elite guy who was our own, they don't want to extend him and he uses quasi logic. So let's talk through this Mateo. Um, I, I don't necessarily think you're wrong. I, I don't think you're wrong at all. Being upset that we got rid of Zadarius Smith. I would have loved to have kept Zadarius Smith, but at the end of the day, you, it, there's so many inner workings with this it's not always going to play out exactly the way you want. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to take a look at edge rusher contracts. Okay. And 13.5 is the average annual value for, for that contract. As you said, one year, a lot of incentives. So you mentioned the injuries. There are like $3 million of those incentives, Mateo, that are built with injuries. So he's got to play and hit milestones to get a lot of that money. Now, some of it was signing bonus and they prorated it out over a few years. So if the, if he hits big, like they believe he's going to with this system, with this team, that means that when they extend him, like it, it's a little extra debt money. It's not the end of the world. They're planning on extending this guy because they believe he's going to hit. That's how that contract was structured. So your top edge rushers, TJ Watt, 28 million. Joey Bosa, 27. Miles Garrett, 25. (laughs) And you look all the way down here as I count because I want to see how far down he is. 
Daniel Hunter right now is 15th in edge rusher money for average annual per year. So when you take a look at 13.5, he's not on here because of how his contract is structured. He'd be 19th. So he's making 19th most money, but a lot of that is you need to show up. And I think that's a really important distinction here. You have, he has to be healthy and I want to see him be healthy. I want to see him thrive. I want to see him be successful, but that's the thing. He has to do it. And that is, that's the tough part. He's, he's, he has to do what he, what he's being paid for. And the frustration I get is there. I don't necessarily think that getting rid of Zadarius Smith was a bad move. So let's talk about Zadarius for a second. Zadarius had a great year last year. He's going to be 31 years old. He wanted a raise on his contract. The Vikings did not want to give him a raise because they paid him relative pennies for what he produced last year. A lot of that had to do with the fact coming back from that brutal back injury. The Ravens agreed to sign him and then backed out. That all that all plays in here. And then they said, hey, we I believe this is how it went down. They wanted to wait on doing any kind of extension with him. And then he tweeted that um, by Minnesota. And it kind of they kind of lost their hand a little bit. So when you look at all those factors together, it just kind of is what it is. Um, you got a couple of fifth round picks. You give up a sixth and a seventh. It ends up being the equivalent of a low fourth. Look, it, it's fine. I would have loved to have kept him. Having him with Davenport and Hunter, you could have done a lot of mismatch stuff. Could have been real fun. That's just not how it worked out. And I don't necessarily believe that it was a bad thing to get rid of him. At a certain point, you're paying too much for him because of his age. Um, oh, okay. Well, my apologies, Mateo. Um, I, I, I misunderstood your comment. I, I think Hunter should be paid. So we're on the same. Um, yeah, it's... It's interesting, the whole Smith thing and Davenport, but I do think Davenport has a lot, and I mean a lot more upside. He's a 96th percentile athlete for the position. He's 6'5", almost 270. He can bend around the edge. He's got power. And I think those abilities are going to help him, especially when you talk about moving him across the line. You can stand him up in the A-gap. You can put him as a three-technique. An interior pass rusher, a quick penetrator, five technique, you name it, he can probably do it. And I think to me, Dave, that's what's most exciting here. The versatility. I love the versatility element. Dave, you're muted. Yes, I am. Sorry about that. That <laughs> is what Flores is going to like as well. As long as Hunter and Davenport Port are both here and they both stay healthy. Because we're going to get into the backup guys and there's a huge drop-off. Some of it's due to lack of experience. We'll chalk that up. 
guys that haven't played a whole lot, but haven't demonstrated when they have that they can step up. Some have potential. I hate that word. You hear it so much this time of year. Mm -hmm. But if those two guys, Davenport and Hunter, are there, I think Flores is going to have them wreaking havoc. Yes, I would have loved to have had Zadarius as part of that mix, too. We said that in the spring. I thought that was going to be a monster of a defensive rushing package. But you need at least Davenport and Hunter to stay healthy and to be there to do pressures. Because if one of them's gone, the other one's getting double teamed. Flat out and simple. And it makes it diminishes the rush capability quite a bit if either of those two are gone. So they both have to step up and they both have to do their part. Mm-hmm. Let's hope that that's the case. Yeah. Well, my worthless opinion, I'm sorry that you just got the thunderstorm. I, I, I'm just happy my grass is going to get some water. It's it's bad. And of course, uh, my neighbor. And one Boise. Of the, I love Boise when I visited Boise. Yeah, my neighbor is one of the nicest guys in the world. His four boys have moved out. He has the nicest lawn of all time. And of course, my lawn looks even worse next to it. Like, just one of those first world problems. But when you talk about these edge rushers, Hunter and and Davenport have a real chance to be great. And what's really interesting, Dave, they're the farthest apart on the number spectrum you can have in the NFL. Zero and 99. <laughs> yeah, just, just a unique twist. I want to answer this from Ronda real quick. Do you really think Davenport can be that good? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I do. I looked mm-hmm. at his pressure per rush rate, and it's just under Daniil's. He is literally that good. When he's playing, he is. He's got to be playing. And I think he can take that next step. Yeah, I do too. Um, give me one second. I am actually pulling up. Um, I don't know how many of you know this. I wrote for a website called Zone Coverage uh, during draft season. And I am going to share it in the comments. I wrote about how with film clips, how Marcus Davenport can be deployed. So I think this is really interesting. It shows things that he's good at things that he's not quite so good at. And it's a lot of, a lot of intrigue with him. It's upside. It's a, it's a gamble. You're not getting a sure thing. A lot of times in free agency, you don't get a sure thing. Um, as Mateo uh, says, he gave up on Wanham. Let's talk about him. Wanham's interesting. Uh, going into his fourth year, he was one of those mid-round defensive ends that the Vikings drafted. I don't think he's very good. I think he's fine. He's average. Most of his production comes when he's not blocked. To me, that's a problem because any defender who's not blocked should be able to get to the quarterback. They should be able to wreak havoc. I want to pay you. Because you're good enough 
when you are blocked to wreak havoc. That those are the kind of guys I want. I, I don't want somebody who only thrives when like he's got a free easy. pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when like, he's cleaning I, I up sacks because somebody else got the pressure and moved the quarterback into his arms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Darren yeah. and I talked about Wanham. He was our 2024 free agent spotlight player on Sunday, this last Sunday. And if you all haven't seen it, please go to Vikings First and Skull YouTube page and look it up on two old bloggers. We got real in-depth on how, unless he takes a step, a ginormous step this season, most likely he will be gone. But he needs to take that step, if anything, to lengthen his career. Yeah. Mm. I got I got a bunch of stuff built up in my throat. Wanham, I'm going to be honest here. I don't know if Wanham makes the football team. That's a possibility with, too. With like what his edge room looks like, Patrick Jones the second, I and we'll talk about him momentarily. Looks like he can step up in, into that second role. And if he does, and you like what you're getting from Luigi Villain and Andre Carter, guess what? Bye. Save $2.75 million by cutting Wanham. If you trade him, you'll save the same because it's uh, the last year of a fourth uh, round contract. Mateo says Wanham is Ray Edwards at best. I thought Ray Edwards was pretty good. I, I don't, I, I would disagree there because I think that's too much of a compliment for Wanham. <laughs> but that's me. I thought Edwards was good. And I thought the fact he was a boxer really helped with his hands. Um, it's, I don't know. I, I just, I don't think Wanham is good. We'll see how he gets used, how, how things end up playing out for him. <clears throat> yeah. Wanham to me is it, a Jag. Jag means just another guy, not a Jacksonville Jaguar. He's just another guy. And Patrick Jones, on the other hand, is a little different. Uh, Matthew, yes, but. That so that dead money, if you sign him, it's only like two point two million dead, and then the it gets spread out. So that's only if he absolutely flames out. They put a calculated bet on him that he's not going to flame out, that he's going to play really well this year. So something to be aware of, and how how people teams are sorry how like overthecap.com, which I use for all of my salary cap stuff they have it baked in that it's already dead. So when you look at how much, uh, when you look at how much he was, or sorry, my brain is just not being able to link things together. When you look at how much cap space they have, the dead money for next year is already baked in. So when they sign extensions, it will modify. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, the tail, I did think Ray Rose was good, but uh, that's not a slide in Robinson. Rob Robinson was good too. Like they just they hit on fourth round edge rushers consistently in that time frame. Ray Edwards, Brian Robinson, Everson Griffin, then you got Daniil Hunter in the third round a couple years after that. Just some really talented players, Uh, and that's why they kept trying to go back to that well, and it didn't always work. And you saw that with Wanham. Jones is a different case though, and I'm going to refresh my mouth. And to answer Ronda's question. Marcus Davenport right now is 26 years old. Yep. 
And they signed a lot of young guys. That That's big. These guys are entering their prime. So Patrick Jones, the second, I think he's going to be 26 this year. He's an older guy coming out of pit. And, <coughs> oh, excuse me. I got a tickle in my throat. Very fun. He tall, not very long. He only has like 32 and a half inch arms, which for an edge rusher is pretty slight. But he's an athletic guy. He's got the ability to bend. He's got some power and he has multiple pass rush moves. When he came into the league, those pass rush moves were all massively underdeveloped, but he could use multiple of them. And the last couple of years, keep working on those pass rush moves, develop them more. This year, it feels like a potential to break out. And I don't know how much you're actually going to get to see him on the field, how much he's going to be used. I like Patrick Jones quite a bit. I did not like him coming out. I liked his teammate Rashad Weaver a lot more. And Weaver got in some legal trouble the second he got into the NFL. Not great, Bob. Not great at all. <laughs> How old did you think he was? I think he's going to be 26 at some point this year. Nope. He'll be 25 in September. End of September. October. Okay. End of September to okay. be exact. Still a little, a little older for a third-year player, but not the end of the world. So Jones hasn't gotten a lot of run because last year, the Vikings defense really didn't rotate a lot except for the defensive line. Edge rushers is pretty much Hunter and Smith. Defensive backs mostly stay the same. Same with linebackers. They just kind of, it, it felt like they were just running with what they had, getting guys experience, and then trying to milk every last drop out of players like Eric Hendricks, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. There's merit to that. Now, for those that want to know, Patrick Jones had a better pressure per rush rate than DJ Wanham did. Yeah, because DJ Wanham bad. Patrick Jones good. That's <laughs> it's very, very dumb, very dumbed down version. But that's kind of what you're looking at. And I, I'm a big fan of what Patrick Jones potentially could be. Will he ever get there? I'm not really sure. But I like him quite a bit in this role. A lot of ch- talk in the chat about Andre Carter. So let's get to him. Andre Carter the second from Army. Now we've talked about this a lot on the show. And Dave can attest to this because he was in the military. The way you train to be in the military is the exact opposite of how you train to play in the NFL. Military, you're training for endurance. You're training for physical survival. In the NFL, you're playing to be strong, fast, and explosive. At really few seconds at a time. Yeah. Really think, the exact opposite of endurance training. You got to think, uh, and it was drilled to us as football players when I was growing up. You've got to go 100% for six seconds, roughly. The length of a mm-hmm. play, right? And then you cool down, walk back to the huddle, get the new call, and you get back up on the line, and you do it again for six seconds, right? It's it's burst type of stuff. In the military, we train for different things. We called them family rocks. And I know Davey could attest to this. But we put on rucksacks and then go out and run 16 miles because it was fun. 
It was miserable. It wasn't fun. But you can see the difference in how you had to be trained. Your body had to be able to do the endurance. We weren't running those ruck mark marches at full speed. No, you were you were in a double time, which is basically mm-hmm. a little more than a shuffle. But you were you were still running it, and it was a distance thing versus the six seconds explode, hit, go, move, quarterback, kill, bang, play over. There's a huge difference in that. And the training for those are two different things completely. Yeah, and because they're different, they, they counteract each other with the body. So Andre Carter, six, nearly 6'7", 265. In theory, that sounds fine. But he's not, he doesn't have any kind of play strength. That's the problem. Charlie makes a good point in the comments. I thought Andre Carter did two things well. Time to snap well and beat guys with his first step. Yes. Quickness is fine. If he beats you off the ball, he's going to beat you, and he can bend shockingly well for a guy his size. That's the positive. The negative is the second you get it, your hands on him, he's done. He just doesn't have the strength to be able to get off those blocks. He doesn't have the strength to work through you. He has to go around you. Those are the things that need to be fixed. I saw somebody in the comments earlier saying that he's a project, and he that he is. He needs NFL strength and conditioning. With a year of that, this dude could be a real player. It wasn't a mistake that PFF had him potentially as a first-round prospect of points last year. He just needed time. It was never ability with him. It's always been body composition and training. You just can't get the training and body composition you need in the NFL while being at Army. That's the issue here. Not anything else. So can he get that? We're going to find out real quick what this guy's made of. Right. We're going to, it's going to be very quick. And how quickly can he develop that body mass, that composition, that strength? That's going to show a lot too. My guess here, Dave, he ends up making the team as a fifth pass rusher does not play much, but they work him and work him and work him. Well, he's going to hope for that because he needs Mm -hmm. to make the team. Otherwise, he goes back to 25-mile ruck marches, right, Davey? (laughs) Oh, he'll be on the practice squad. He won't be doing those ruck marches yet. As long as he's in the league, he's good to go. If he's out of the league, he's back to your left, your left, your left, right or left. And that could be fun. Dave, that sounds miserable. <laughs> oh, in all weather, too. It doesn't matter. Heat, rain, thunderstorms, cold, winter, blizzard. Doesn't matter. God Anyone? bless everybody who that, that chose to make that decision to serve our country. You are braver than I am. Every time I hear a soldier talk about being a soldier, it sounds like hell. And I'm, I'm be, very glad. There's, there's fun times in it. And you learn a lot about yourself. I can. I learned a lot about myself when I sat in a hospital bed, almost dying. Like, I, I didn't need the military for that. I just needed my appendix to go kablooey. <laughs> but 
there really isn't much to talk about after these guys. Luigi Villain only played in three games last year. Essentially a redshirt season. They try to do the same thing with him that they're attempting to do here with Andre Carter. I want to see Villain in, in training camp. I, I don't really know what he is and what he's going to be. Last year, he looked lost. But a year playing in the NFL, a year every day at practice, a year in meetings can really change a player and turn them into what they're going to be quickly. I want to see what Villain is going to be. Mm-hmm. We'd if like he's to not see that good, next step. If he's not very good, you can just cut him and that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. You took a shot. Didn't work. All right, cool. Is what it is. No big deal. But Curtis Weaver, Benton Whitley, I think they may be practice squad guys. I don't think they're going to make the roster. I just think they're there. They're going to be camp bodies. And that's it. This is going to be a very interesting edge group. I'm fascinated to see how everything plays out. Me too. Me too. Because I'm not as optimistic about it beyond Davenport and Hunter that I'd like to be. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that there's big steps. I hope that with, you know, Flores and how he designs it, that we get more production than we did last year. And these guys step up and make that step. And, you know, adding another year to the younger guys does help. Hopefully they make that transition and surprise us. And suddenly the future for the edge group will be bright for many years. Mm-hmm. Otherwise we're dipping in high in the draft next year for an edge rusher. If that's not the case. Same goes if Daniel Hunter's gone next year, we're going high. Yeah. This is going to be an interesting group to watch and Vikings support training camp in just one week. Rookies on Sunday, veterans on Tuesday, next Wednesday, first practice baby get excited it's going to be a fun time but we're going to be here covering all of it for you make sure if you're watching here on youtube one thank you very much two hit that like button hit that subscribe button comment let us know what you thought of the show feel free to ask me any questions that you have i read the youtube comments all the time we want to make this the destination for all Minnesota Vikings content from an audio perspective. And you also have the real Forno show. Sorry. I on Vikings wire. I, I promote these shows and we are going to become the number one place for all Minnesota Vikings content. And with your support, it's going to happen quicker. And we're excited to continue to be doing this all throughout the next. I don't know. At least this year, and going to be for a lot longer longer than that. But I have one question for the people watching. I already sent this to Tyler yesterday. Yesterday, when those beautiful, beautiful, sweet uniforms came out, the classic. One of the first ads I saw was this one for that new uniform. And I Mm -hmm. asked Tyler, does it mean anything? Is it an omen saying that Daniil Hunter is playing and under contract? Happily so. Now, I know Tyler's response, but what is yours? Please put that in the comment. Do you think 
this was a planned move by the front office, the business people of the Vikings? Good question. Would you buy a Hunter classic jersey right now, knowing that things are up in the air, so to speak? I hope it's the case. I hope it's a good omen, and we hear, uh, hey, he's coming to the town. He's staying. We're going to mm-hmm. see him next week. <clears throat> Let's hope. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see how things are going to play out. Football is like a big reality show. We're watching a lot of Big Brother. I I, I just went through season six and seven in the last couple of weeks. Well, when, when you sit at home and you work all day, I always have someone in the background, and that's been my background TV. So football is the ultimate reality show, and we're about to really kick off a new season, and it's a great time. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Uh, if you are listening on podcast feed, thank you as well. If you're listening on podcast, consider subscribing to the YouTube channel and vice versa. We're gonna, we have mm-hmm. unique stuff on both sides. So we're going to have a lot more this year. We're going to have do a lot more with guests talking about the NFL, talking about potential matchups and all sorts of things and get excited. I am Tyler. He is Dave. Make sure you check out two old bloggers this Sunday and Skull Vikings, baby. Skull Vikings. Like. Subscribe. And ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community that we all love our Minnesota Vikings. And on behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching The Real Forno Show. Skull, everyone! This has been a Vikings First and Skull production. Part of the Fans First Sports Network.